If y'all would, turn in your Bible with me to Romans chapter 1 and, and stand, and we're going to read Romans chapter 1, verses 16 through 32 today. It's on page one, uh, 1,195, if you have the ESV Pew Bible. So he begins in verse 16 in, in Romans chapter 1, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith, for faith as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For His invisible attributes, namely His eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world. In the things that have been made, for they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks to Him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. Verse 26, For this reason God gave them up to dishonorable passions, for their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature, and the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another, men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They were full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They were gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. Let's pray together. God, we come humbly before Your Word today, a mighty, uh, a powerful passage to study, to read, to reflect upon, and to pray that You would use it in our lives to bring us closer to You. That You would uh, use the power of Your Word today to break the enemy's strongholds, Uh, God, that you would use your power today to break uh, addictions, to break um, uh, just whatever form of sin that we're caught up in, uh, whatever lies that we might be believing, that your truth would shine through, and that through it all we would grow closer to you. Through it all we would rise out of whatever sinful state we're in, whatever uh, struggle or hardship we're in, and, and rise above to faith and to hope in you. So God, we just ask you to move today, Uh, open our hearts and minds today, and help us today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. You may be seated, and uh, if you're following along in our sermon notes, we'll uh, 
On the screen, we'll have the highlighted word will be what you fill in the blank. Uh, and so this passage is, is, a, is a powerful passage. And as we've studied the, the book of Romans, we've looked at Paul's conversion to Christ in, in the book of Acts and how he met the Lord Jesus Christ, re- risen from the dead, and how Jesus changed his life. Um, and, uh, and then so we see this years later, after being faithful to the Lord, he writes to the Romans. Uh, and so verses 16 through 32 Bring up the wrath of God, which is a very popular topic today. No, not really. Uh, People don't want to hear about the wrath of God, uh, that God is not okay with our sin. Um, And if you ever wonder that, what is what is you know what does God think about my sin, uh, my disobedience to Him? You look at the cross, and you see His one and only Son beaten beyond human recognition. Nailed to a cross, a cruel Roman cross, uh, bleeding and dying there. And that's just the physical part of God's punishment against sin on Jesus Christ. Then there was Him drinking the cup of God's wrath in our place. Uh, Him suffering that for all people. He suffered that wrath of God against sin on that cross. And that's the true picture of how serious our sin against God is. It, uh, it is something that we've got to understand if we ever want to have a real relationship with God. If we ever want to get serious about God, we've got to take a serious look at what God says about sin and what the wrath of God is against sin. And so we're going to begin this message today looking at a definition from the New Illustrated Bible Dictionary about wrath. What is wrath? Uh, W-R-A-T-H. And wrath is the personal manifestation of God's holy moral character in judgment against sin. And so take a minute to take that in, but God coming in in His presence and standing against what is wrong. Uh, And so in, in His perfect holiness and righteousness, coming against all that is wrong in sin, wrath is neither an impersonal process nor irrational and fitful like anger. So when you've gotten mad at somebody, that's nothing to do with God's wrath. Um, Our anger is often irrational. It's often not right. Um, uh, But God's anger is nothing like that. It is in no way vindictive or malicious. God's wrath is not going to come against you uh, because he's he's vindictive or malicious. It is holy indignation. God's anger directed against sin. Um, So when you think of God's wrath, you think about God making it right. Whatever the wrongs are, God's stepping in to make it right. In every movie that you watch, there's somebody that steps in to make it right, to save the day, to stop the evildoers, uh, whatever it is. And and that is God. He is going to come to make it right. And that's what God's wrath is. We, you can, a lot of people think of it as a negative thing. And for, for those that rebel against Him, it will be a negative thing. Um, it will not be a pleasant thing for them, but it is a positive thing. If you have a heart for justice, if you have a heart that is sick of the sin of this world, the darkness of this world, the evil and corruption in this world, all that the fall has brought to this world, all the curses that have come with the fall, then you long for God's righteous wrath to put a stop to all that is wrong in this world. 
And that is, is what this chapter talks about. God is going to put a stop to all ungodliness and unrighteousness. That's God's wrath against sin. It's going to stop. It's going to stop. And, uh, and that should be our heart. Because ungodliness and unrighteousness in all of its forms, um, uh, you know, they suppress the truth. And so that means that they try to put down by authority or force the truth. Um, and so when you think about today's world that is anti-Bible and anti-Jesus and anti-God, that is it. It's trying to stop with force uh, in you know, whatever means necessary to keep people from believing the truth that God created us with His purposes in mind. That we don't get to decide what God has, you know, who we get to be. God created us certain way. God has given us gifts and talents that we are to use for His glory, not our own. And um, and that's what the Bible is all about. That we are bought with a price, the precious blood of Jesus Christ. We are not our own. We are bought with a price, and so we should honor God with these bodies that God has given us. And one of these days, God is going to put a stop to ungodliness and unrighteousness in all of its forms. And so God as Creator reveals Himself to all people every day, Paul says in this passage. God reveals Himself to all people every day. And people everywhere are without excuse for their ungodliness and their unrighteousness. And we pray you hear that today. That you are without excuse. You can't sit there and say, oh, but God, it's because of this and it's because of that that I did all these things. You are without excuse. One day when we stand before our Creator, there will be no room for excuses. We will know without a doubt that we had every opportunity to turn to Him and to listen to Him and to live for Him and to glorify His name and we chose not to. We chose to pursue all the other things this passage talks about. We chose to to live uh, away from Him, without Him. We are without excuse before the God that created us. Every sunrise proclaims His glory. Every sunset proclaims His glory. Every breath you take proclaims the glory of God. Every beat of your heart proclaims the glory of God. You are without excuse for your unrighteousness. And your ungodliness. And so although Paul says we exist in God's world. You're here. I'm here. And we live in bodies created by God. We don't honor Him as God. We don't give thanks to Him as God. This almighty Creator. And so imagine that every day that I exist in this world. In this body. That I don't honor Him. And I don't give Him thanks is a sinful day. is a day of ungodliness. It's a day of unrighteousness. Whatever else I'm doing in this body doesn't matter. I mean, it matters, but that's not the biggest problem. The biggest problem is I'm not honoring my Creator. I'm not giving thanks to my Creator who gave me this body and who gives me guidelines about what is best to do with this body. And so without a thankful God-honoring heart, Paul tells us that we are going to sink into the lie that life is meaningless. You're going to sink into that lie that it doesn't matter what you do. You're going to sink into that lie. There's no consequences. And he says our foolish hearts are going to be filled 
with darkness. Our foolish hearts are going to be filled with darkness. And then we go in to all the immorality this passage describes and talks about. And so it starts with the lie that we believe. That life is meaningless. I read a, a quote this week. Uh, that someone, Sidney Harris said, if the devil could be persuaded to write a Bible, he would title it, You Only Live Once. Right? And that's the idea today. Life is meaningless. You, you, you just have one life, so go live it up. Do whatever you want to do. Do whatever makes you feel good. Just do, just do your thing. Be you. Follow your heart. Worst advice ever, the Bible says. Your heart is desperately sick and, and wicked. Right? And so don't follow your heart. Follow the God that created you. You're, you only live once. Life is short, but eternity is long. Eternity is forever and ever. That's what we must prepare for. And so the devil wants you to think it doesn't matter what you do in your body. Do whatever you want. And, and, uh, but it does matter, the Bible says. Life does have meaning and purpose because we are created in the image of God. And the glory of God should shine through us and we will be held accountable for what we do with our minds and what we do with our bodies and what we do with our hearts and how we spend our lives. And so if we believe that lie that life is meaningless, that it doesn't matter, there's no consequences, our foolish hearts are filled with darkness, Paul says. And we slip deeper and deeper into sin. And as we reject God, uh, we, we, think we're, we, become, we think we're smart. Right? We think we've got all the answers. And people who reject God, they'll make great claims of wisdom. And they'll, you know, they'll have TED Talks or whatever else they have. And they sound so wise and so smart. But their ungodliness and their righteousness, it's always going to lead to foolishness. No matter how smart a person seems or how intelligent they sound, it always goes to that path. Foolishness. Because the fool says in his heart, the Bible says, there is no God. And so with hearts of foolishness, Paul says, people worship the created over the Creator. And when you worship things that are created over the Creator, you exchange the truth about God for a lie. You exchange the truth about God for for a lie, he says. And as we turn away from God, God gives us over to dishonorable passions. And he's very descriptive in there about what those are. And those dishonorable passions lead is sin of all kinds, whatever it is. And sin leads to more sin, which leads to more sin. And although it promises you're going to have this great life and everything's going to be wonderful, it leads to destruction. Even if you gain the whole world, you lose your soul. That is not a good trade-off. It leads to destruction. Sin leads to more sin. Dishonorable passions lead to more sin, which leads to more sin, which leads to more sin. And you end up in destruction separated from ever from the Creator who created you and gave you every opportunity to turn to Him. And people know the wages of sin is death. Pass by cemeteries every day. You read the obituaries every day. We know the wages of sin is death. That death is eternal separation from God outside of Jesus Christ. And yet, 
They not only practice sin, but they celebrate and worship the practice of the very sins that dishonor God, their Creator and Savior and Redeemer. So not only do we practice the sin, but we celebrate it. Let's go. Let's go do this. This is going to be so fun. Right? They celebrate it. It's who they become. They, they worship the sin that God stands against. Not only do they do it, but they celebrate it and they begin to worship it. And that, that's exactly what Satan wants us to do. For us to be righteous as human beings, that righteousness has got to start with faith in Jesus Christ. We are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ and it's going to end by faith in Jesus Christ. That is our heart. That is our message. It is not the works that we do. But it is faith in Jesus Christ. By grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2.8 says that we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ so that none of us can boast We're not saved by works that any of us can boast. Sidney Harris said if the devil could be persuaded to write a Bible, he would title it, You Only Live Once. Someone else said that if the devil could write a song, it would be, I did it my way. Right? (laughs) I did it my way. I did it my way, but we don't do it. That's never going to lead you to salvation. That's never going to lead you to get through and, and, and overcome the sinful nature and all that comes with it. We must do it God's way. We must give our lives over to Him. We are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ and in Jesus Christ alone. By grace alone, through faith alone, in Jesus Christ alone are we saved. So I want to challenge you to think about today, what have you done with the revelation of God in your life? You're without excuse. God has revealed Himself to you. I don't know what you've done with it. I don't know what you've you know, said about it. I don't know what you've thought about it. But God has revealed Himself to you day by day, minute by minute. What have you done with the revelation of God in your life? We will be held accountable for that. What have you done with the revelation of God in your life? And are you honoring God in your heart? By receiving His Son, Jesus Christ. By believing in His Son, Jesus Christ. And by, I'm going to go His way. Jesus said He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. Are you someone that is living by faith in Him? Someone who is living by faith in Him. I want to close today reading through this. We're not going to sing this hymn, but reading through this hymn without Him. Without Him, I could do nothing. Without Him, I'd surely fail. Without Him, I would be drifting like a ship without a sail. Jesus, oh Jesus, do you know Him today? Do not turn Him away. Oh Jesus, oh Jesus, without Him, how lost I would be. And that's the truth. Without the revelation of Jesus Christ in our life, without coming to know Him as Savior and Lord, we're lost in sin. And that sin leads to more sin, which leads to destruction. And we outwardly do that sin, whatever it is for us, 
that rebellion against God. And we, we live it and we do it every day. And we know it leads to more and more sin. And it never satisfies completely or makes us really truly happy. And yet we continue in that path knowing that it leads to destruction. Today could be a day where you turn away from that. You stop believing the lie. You stop worshiping yourself. You stop making up your own truth. And you start saying, I need the Lord. I want to know Jesus Christ. I want to, I want to receive this revelation from God in His Word and become a new creation today by believing that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. By trusting in Him as your Savior and Lord. Invite Him in your life. Invite Jesus Christ to come in. And in every single day, worship Him and honor Him. Make a determination that from this day forward, I'm going to live for the Lord. And I'm going to put Him first. And I'm going to do everything necessary to keep God number one in my life until my dying breath. That is the correct response to God's Word. Every time we hear it, and especially to this passage today, because God's wrath is going to be revealed and it is revealed already as we live in this broken world of, 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 with broken bodies. His wrath against sin is revealed to us if we open our eyes to it. But one day it's going to come. And it's going to happen quickly. And we better be ready. And we better be looking to Jesus and sharing the truth about Jesus Christ that one day God's going to put a stop to it. And every day He doesn't is a day of grace and mercy. It's a day to share the good news about Jesus Christ because one day it's going to end. And we should all be praying that prayer, Come Lord Jesus. But until He comes, are you ready? What are you doing with the revelation of God in your life? Are you honoring God in your heart by believing in Jesus Christ? If you haven't received Jesus, if you haven't believed in Jesus, do that right now. Do that today as we close by the invitation or with this time of invitation, come forward and make that known that you are inviting Jesus Christ in your, in your life today. Make that known. Come forward and receive prayer. Uh, and, or if you need help today, if you just sense a burden on your heart and you want someone to pray over you today, come forward during this time of invitation as we sing this last song. But let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, I just pray. For all of us that hear Your Word today, God, I thank You for revealing Yourself to us every day. We're not worthy of it. We don't, we don't deserve it. And yet day by day, You reveal Your glory to us all around us in a million ways. Help us, God, to see how You're everywhere, how You're at work all around us. And help us to respond by worshiping You by honoring You with these bodies that You've given us, by honoring You by the words that we say and the lives that we live. And God, if there's anyone here today that knows that they're lost and they're without You, today that You would help them right now to just say, Lord Jesus Christ, I believe. In Your own words, just say, Lord Jesus, come into my life today. Forgive me of my sin. Today I want to enter into a life with You. And from this day forward, I want to live for You. Save me today by Your grace. And God, if anyone is praying that prayer, we pray You help them to feel 
your presence and your love today in a special way that empowers them to know for the rest of their life they're saved and secure and that encourages them and equips them to go out and share the good news everywhere they go. But as we close today, help us all as believers to receive Your revelation and to to share it with others and to live a life that honors You. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.